0: It's hard to figure out just how all the talk of red lines and possible military strikes is viewed inside Iran. To try to get a grip on that, we turn to Karim Sajjadpour of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and Nazila Fati, who reported for the New York Times from Iran until she was forced out in 2009. She's now a fellow at Harvard's Belfer Center. Fati says while many Iranians are worried about the possibility of military confrontation, they have other more immediate concerns too.
1: The sanctions are, are really biting now. People are waking up every morning feeling that the value of, of their currency is just plunging. And then on the radio and newspapers, there are reports that there might be a military strike. And we're talking about a country that went through an eight years of war just two decades ago. A lot of people fought in the war. And a lot of people lost their fathers, lost their siblings in that war. So war is not something that is alien to Iranians. They fear it, they dread it. But they're also grappling with other uh, immediate problems, economic problems that they have to they have to bring bread on the table every day.
0: Karim, who, who do you think people blame for this?
2: Iran is a population of over 75 million people. So it's very difficult to generalize. But I've often found that When people's uh, economic prospects deteriorate as a result of sanctions, it tends to accentuate their existing political views, meaning if you're a supporter of the government and your life has been made more difficult by sanctions, you have just one more reason to dislike the United States and blame it for Iran's economic travails. If you're an opponent of the government, I think you, you have another reason to dislike the government for their mismanagement.
0: Something that, that caught our eye this week was um, just as uh, President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad began his speech at the UN, Iranian authorities reportedly detained one of his, his top aides. And there have been um, quite a few of Ahmadinejad's allies who've been detained recently. What does that say to you, Nazila?
1: This is a sign that the Iranian leadership, the Iranian establishment wants to bring Ahmadinejad's era to an end, whether he wants it or he doesn't want it. Well, by era, you
0: mean, I mean, his presidency is up, correct? He is.
1: It's up. It's going to be over in spring 2013, but he has suggested and hinted that he's not going to leave politics. And so there have been assumptions that maybe one of his close allies uh, would run for president, and he would follow some kind of a Putin policy and wait for the next term to run again. The arrest, the detention uh, this week It was not a new thing. It started in 2011, and over a dozen of his allies have been arrested so far. It's a way of putting pressure on him at the same time when he was giving his historical speech at the UN. Whether he's going to bow to the demand of the establishment and and leave politics, we don't know. Uh, That's something that we have to wait and see. He has threatened several times that if push comes to shove, he's going to reveal state secrets to stay in power. But I think the biggest question now is who is the one uh, that the the establishment wants to replace Ahmadinejad with? Who's going to succeed him and what direction the country is planning to move? Because I think you can only compare Iran's situation now. Uh, with its with the situation in 1988 towards the end of the war, Iran has never been so isolated economically in a bad shape and internally fractured as it is today.
0: Would you say it's it's ripe for change?
1: It is time for the leadership to make a decision and ch- make changes.
0: Karim, any, any idea whether that change is one way or the other? More open, less open? Certainly the Iranian supreme leader, Ali Khamenei, has garnered more and more
2: power over the last decade, working in conjunction with the Revolutionary Guards. And, you know, I think this is something which is commonly misunderstood among uh, outsiders. Uh, Ahmadinejad is kind of the public face of Iran. He is the guy who who enjoys traveling abroad, who enjoys coming to the United Nations. But the main power, Ayatollah Khamenei, hasn't left the country since 1989, but he's just been garnering more and more authority. So that certainly the trend lines are in the direction of a more dictatorial system. That said, I think there is tremendous popular disaffection, and we saw obviously what's transpired in the Arab world over the last two years with these unexpected uprisings. I, I don't necessarily envision that same outcome in Iran. That said, you know, I always go back to this old adage from Trotsky, who was talking about dictatorships. And he said that while they rule, their collapse appears inconceivable. And after they fall fallen, their collapse appeared inevitable.
0: I, I guess I, I still don't understand from an Iranian perspective, from the people in the country. And I understand there's 75 million and there's no single voice, but there must be a lot of frustration with the way things are going. How might public opinion there move the next government one way or the other?
2: Well, I think that you have a population which, as Nazila was saying earlier, they experienced one profoundly disillusioning revolution. So people in Iran, the word revolution doesn't have um, romantic or positive connotations in Iran the way it's, perhaps it does in the Arab world. And they've seen that this regime... Uh, is very willing and able to use overwhelming force to maintain order. And I think we're dealing with a, a, a population in Iran which I would describe as post-Islamist. You know, they're not interested in becoming martyrs and going onto the streets and killing and dying for the cause. So I think that they would like to see the system uh, uh, banned. They would like to see um, a, a non-violent movement. But again, they're up against the regime, against the leader, Khamenei, Who believes that if he starts to bend, the system could break? Nazila?
1: I want to agree with Karen, but what would also like to add that Iranian people have acted very unpredictably in the past. When they came out in 1997 in such great numbers and voted for the more reformist president, nobody was expecting it. And again, in 2009, before the election, nobody was expecting people to be steered into such outpouring of emotions. And then they came out in huge numbers to vote for, again, uh, the, the more reformist president, the only candidate who was more reasonable compared to Mr. Ahmadinejad before the elections. So it is a little bit hard to predict how they will react in future but they have there have been signs that every time they see an opportunity for change if they can play a role even if it's minimal they do come out in great numbers. It's hard to say. For the time being since 2009, since the very repressive uh, repression, they have sort of embraced pacifism. They're sitting back. They're waiting to see what happens. But you never know. Maybe in, during the presidential election in 2013, they see the opportunity and uh, pour out on the streets again.
0: Nazila Fati is a fellow at Harvard's Belfer Center, and Karim Sajapur is with the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace.